Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Have fun with your important conversations and your big issues with your brains and your smart stuff, okay? We got hockey to learn. Dr. Hockey. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. It is Tuesday night, the night after the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm on with Jason Berkeley. Jason, what did you think about this first game? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I think that um, I hate when the uh, when announcers use the word rust because there's no rust on a team or a player. Yes, you've had some time off from your momentum. I wouldn't call it rust. Rust is maybe if you want to use it uh, for teams that are coming back after the summer. <laughs> yeah, but this I don't. Is not th- I don't rust. think. Yeah, I don't think a week and a half of having some time to rest your wounds is really rust. I think it just took a little time for the adrenaline to get going uh, and to calm down. But listen, you know, Boston took a real, took a real beating in the first period. St. Louis took it to them. They did. They played their game the way they wanted to. And I know you heard this before, but it really is true. And I think I may have alluded to it before. But St. Louis makes their living. On the forecheck. And for those people who don't know it, do you think people, everyone knows what a forecheck is? Do I, I think, describe I, it? No, you can describe it. I think that uh, that's an important point for for those who are, I mean, we, I got to say, our Dr. Hockey podcast audience is a very savvy group of listeners. But why don't you True. describe how you see St. Louis as it relates to the forecheck? So I'll, I might get flamed on maybe on some people's definition of it, but basically it's the way for the uh, for the opposing team to pressure the team with the puck in their own defense in their own uh, defensive zone from leaving the zone and being able to try to get the puck back to possess the puck. Yes, so and, and the forecheck is yeah. the forecheck is a strategy. It is a, a strategy. It, it is a way that that teams again, as opposed to as we talked about the you know the Russian five playing keep away and yes. you know gracefully sliding the puck into the zone. The forecheck is used when you know, the, you push the puck into the zone and then you, you pressure the defense to, to give it up or to get it from them or make mistakes so that you have the puck in their zone. Another way of looking at it, if you want to use another sports analogy, is in basketball, it's a full-court press, basically. Correct. So St. Louis has done that with every team, and the, the problem that teams have with it is that they, they sometimes don't – they sometimes panic with the puck. They don't know how to pass to an outlet. And so other teams tend to fold pretty quickly and they'll give up the puck in their own zone. And that's where St. Louis has made their living in these three first three rounds of the playoffs. And it worked brilliantly in the first um, first period. If you looked at uh, the giveaway by Pasternak behind his own own net in the first period, it led to the thing. It was the first or second second goal, I think, that they had St. Louis had. But then Boston came out in the second period and the third period and said, we've had enough of that. And the forecheck was basically non-existent for St. Louis. It was. And it was like, it was like yeah. they stopped. They, they stopped. And I don't know. And again, it's hard to tell if they stopped or just Boston just beat them to it more faster. And I think that's more what happened is that Boston just beat them to it rather than them just stopping. Yeah, so, I mean, Boston really was they, – they – like lit their skates up in the second period. It was it was noticeable. Well, that's how you beat the forecheck is by skating faster and moving the puck faster. Don't give the other time team, the other team time. <laughs> the other time team. Be, the, the other team time. team. 
the other team, to give what? don't give the other team time to be able to hone in on where the puck is to be able right. to put, uh, put pressure on. Well, so, yeah, and I thought really just as you said that uh, that the Boston just they they were they were at every puck all the time. They were all over it, and it's like St. they had Louis seven. Was, yeah, they had seven guys on the ice at all times, the way it seemed. And yeah. I think St. Louis was a little bit bewildered. Because once they had the momentum and came off the second period, he just got basically cold cocked, and that was it. So, listen, you know, it, it's it's game one. There's nerves on both sides. I think there's a little more pressure on Boston being at home, especially for game one. You know, you want to come out and do to do a lot right off the bat, and I think that's where they kind of got tripped up a bit. But they calmed down, settled into their game, and uh, and took it to them. I think I still think that Krug uh, had a um, interference um, yep. on that. I think it was. Basically bullshit that they didn't call that, and the crowd was in it, and I think that the refs were afraid that the Boston crowd was going to f- mob the ice and beat the crap out of them, <laughs> which they might do. Which, which probably has happened. It could in the happen. Past, but yeah. Um, but I think it was com- clear, clear interference, and I think it should have been called. And you know, uh, there were some other th- questionable calls in that game, but I'm not going to make a big deal. But that was the one glaring one because they said that it changed the momentum, and you know, Pierre kind of cheered it on as like, yeah, a big momentum shift, but. It was an, it was a not a legal hit, right? Not in the sense that it was a headhunting type thing. It was just it was a penalty, right? And also, uh, I saw Chara like chop Tyler Bozak's stick oh in half. Oh my god, that's uh, terrible! <laughs> I mean, they didn't, it was right in front of the ref too. He just went, well, you know, I guess you can do that during this game. He, he literally was chopping firewood out there. He was. I mean, I mean that, that was, was awful, awful, and to not get called on that <laughs> at all. Because Bozak, look, he dropped his stick. He was like, wait, how does my stick just break just standing here? Yeah, it doesn't break in half by by magic. No. No, it doesn't. It's so not like those, a Harry Potter are, spell. Are, yeah, because at that point, you know, um, St. Louis is on a power play. They get a five on three if they call that. Absolutely. And that you know, should have been that. The, I mean, there was the officiating is always suspect. But, you know, the reality was that th- there was there was a whatever momentum shift there was. It was clear that Boston was look who scored for Boston, too. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, Bergeron and. Uh, uh, and Marchand and, and uh, Pasternak getting all the goals. Like they, Marchand they, has the had the open netter. Well, he had the open netter, but you know, yeah. good for him. I mean, but uh, the but, but like we talked about that. We talked about that when it's not going to come from the top line scoring every time. Championship teams get scoring from other places, and that's just that's just how teams win the big games and win the cup is by doing that. And that's what happened in game one. But listen, game one's over. You know, Biddington also. I will say this: he let in two goals. Soft. That he absolutely should have had. Yes, and he I agree. knows that, especially the second one. You saw him; he never shows emotion. He was livid at that second goal that went in. Well, that's um, just uncharacteristic for it, the way he's is. been playing. So he's. I think I, I. I look. I expect to see St. Louis come out with a little more intensity in Game Two and maintaining it through the whole game. I think I'm looking towards them to possibly even the series. But again, what the hell do I know? Because I am horrible at picking games. Well, I mean, look. The, this is a. Uh... You know the the Boston Bruins have been there before. Uh, this is a uh, an experienced playoff team. St. Louis is not. Uh, they they got some good play out of their you know their top players, but they're gonna they're gonna need a lot more. They're gonna need they're gonna need a lot more to get past this Boston defense, which is playing so well. And Tuka Rask, you know, he kept his cool, even though he got you know shot you know two hits pretty early on. He he maintained his cool and, and made it work. So I I was pretty impressed with uh, with Rask and you know I I I'd have to say obviously Boston's the favorite. I know that Vegas uh, one of my uh, 
uh, buddies at the gym today said that Vegas is just like up to their ears in bets for St. Louis, and if St. Louis wins, they're gonna they're gonna have some <laughs> different stock prices for some of those hotel chains. It's uh, it, no it, more it free is, steak and eggs. No, I'm sure <laughs> they're gonna have to figure something out, but uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think St. Louis can can pull this out the way they're playing. If they change things, obviously, then then it's a different story. But I was uh, I was really shocked that they rolled over after the first period it, it didn't it didn't look good for them and uh you know so what okay let's go through it then you know what do they have to do what does st louis have to do if they're going to stay in it in this next game and what do they have to do to win nothing i think stick to their game plan they have a great game plan and they just have to execute it better for the second and third period they can't let up um i i think that that was part of the issue they kind of took their foot off the gas after the first period and all you'd have to do is give Boston a little bit of an edge. And by the way, that first goal that Boston got was kind of a garbage, greasy goal. It was. It, it, but, it went in. But it's a goal. That's that's a goal. And so I think that if St. Louis can clean up some of the issues that they had from the second period on, I think they should they should probably win the second game. That's 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 just my feeling on it. I don't I don't see them changing their their plan too much. I don't see them making any substitutions. I don't think they have to. I think they just have to play a better game and play their game plan better. Well, they're obviously very pumped. I'm sure the whole city of St. Louis is pumped that they're in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, what, what else is there to do in St. Louis right now? I I've know. been there. Trust it's me, it's a, a great city, but not much going on right now. You so go to the Arch. For, the Arch is cool. Also, they got a lot of storms, unfortunately. Hopefully everybody there can stay safe. But, I mean, really, it, it's just, it's, uh, you know, um, it's it's a it's a bad situation going on right now with the weather. So I mean I think people's minds are a bit elsewhere, and probably even some of the players, considering what's been going on. But um, you know, listen, it, it's it's um, it, it's a smaller market, and it's a market that's been around for a long, for 50 years, 52, 53 years so far, and they've come up short before, and uh, I, I don't want to see them come up short again. Well, let's see what happens. I mean. Yeah. Uh, they they got swept the last time by Boston in uh, 1970. Well, so iconic you know. game, game yeah. overtime game. Absolutely. By um, the way, speaking of Boston, I want to mention real quick. There is a movie that's available. At least it's out um, in very limited showings from what I've seen, and it's called Willie. And it's about Willie O'Ree, who basically broke the color barrier, was the Jackie Robinson of the NHL, and he played. I think it was 45 games for Boston. And 1958, I think, was was his first game. And also, he was blind in the right eye from a previous injury that he kept quiet. And uh, so, it's a very, very powerful movie from what I've read. Um, it is something that not just a matter of his hockey, but other things that he's done. And he's actually the, um, I think he's the NHL ambassador for diversity or something like that, I think it is. Um yeah, no, he has he has some position with the NHL, yeah. and he's it's all about youth hockey with him too. Yeah. His big thing yeah. is to push uh, the the kids as hard as he can to get them into the to the game. He's really he's all like about it, that. Like, I guess it talked about the talked about the movie talked about also. I guess his family dates back to I guess from when I read uh, slaves that escaped from South Carolina that went to Canada, and just you know a remarkable story. And listen, not for nothing, the, the sport of hockey in general, is a game that does require more equipment and more finances that have been reserved for typically for more well-off people. And that's just, that's just you know, the, the way things are. Sure, sure. you can get a, get a stick and go out there on, on a frozen pond and play and everything else. But what he's doing to try to get more 
diversity, and I don't like to use that word too often, but I like how he's getting into areas that kids wouldn't normally think about hockey, underprivileged kids that don't necessarily have the means or the money to get equipment. He's helping them. They've helped with equipment and with starting up leagues and getting kids interested in what I consider is the greatest sport on the planet. And I think that whether or not any of these kids go to the NHL, it's showing them a different world that they never would have been exposed to otherwise. And I think, I think that is in and of itself is probably in my, in my book is one of the most important things of what, what he's doing. Listen, well, I mean, he is, he is truly the Jackie Robinson of, yeah. of the NHL. And I, I had a, the good fortune to meet uh, Mr. O'Ree at a Ducks game one night. And I said, you know, keep going, man. You're, you're amazing. You know, he's, he's not, he's no spring chicken, this guy, but he jumps around and he moves around and he's smart as could be. And just uh, what a, what a, what a pleasure to meet him. And you know what? I, I, I'm, I applaud everything he's doing to, to, to build the game. And, and, and if he, and if he changes, if he changes one of those kids lives, whether it's going to pro or, you know, or whatever, or coaching or anything like about that, even one kid, if he touches that kid in, in, in that way and it, 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 it brings something out in a child that they never would have ever had otherwise, I think that that is just to me, I think is you can't put a price on that type of gift. So, you know what? He, he's a hero. He's in the NHL Hall of Fame for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love the work he's doing and I hope he continues it. We got to get him on the podcast. He's a that cool guy. Be, I that mean, would be phenomenal. super cool guy, and, and yeah, yeah, very impressive, and yeah, we wish him all the best. Um, so, well, yeah, I will definitely look for that uh, that documentary. That that would be awesome to see. Yeah, I don't know. I I just read about. It. I don't know if it's available. I think they showed it in, in Boston yesterday, and I don't know if it's being distributed or. But I'd love to be able to try to even get the uh, the the um, writer, director, or anybody else on the podcast to talk about it as well. That would be well. He lives uh, in Southern California. I think he lives in San Diego. Quite honestly, so that would be a fantastic story because I, I what I read about it, I just I can't wait to watch this movie. Let's get him to the studio. We got yep. get our people to contact his people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's an amazing dude. I, I really enjoyed meeting him. He was super cool and just, uh, you know, I, I I was walking up out of my uh, my section into the seats and and I stopped because I was with Chris. I was with my wife and I was like, Chris, it's Willie O'Ree. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, how you doing? And I was like, man, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm here to you know help out and this. And I was like, oh man, come on, let, let, can we take a picture? He was so cool and just gracious as could be. I mean, I couldn't believe he was sitting right there. So it was it was awesome. By the way, did I introduce it by saying Willie Ree or Willie O'Ree? I think I might have said it wrong, and I apologize. It's Willie O'Ree. So I, I said I, Willie O'Ree. I think okay, I couldn't remember. I and I, I'm I've had a long day, and I, I couldn't remember, but I wanted to make sure I said his name properly because yeah. he you know he deserves that respect. So you bet. Anyway, so yeah, let's see what happens in game two on uh, on on uh, Wednesday. I'm a, yeah. bit, I'm a bit of a day off right now because of the holiday, but yeah. So we got game two on Wednesday. I believe it starts at uh, eight o'clock Eastern, yes. if I remember correctly. Yep, sure does. Um, I'm gonna have to try to race home from work because I never get home in time for regular season games uh, before the first period. But I'll do my best, and um, we'll see where uh, we'll we see go what from happens. here. Yeah, exactly. I I think uh, I think Boston takes the second one too, unfortunately. But uh, you know, for the St. Louis fans out there, I, they're gonna they're gonna need some good energy. So put it behind them if you want to see them win. All right, well, Jason, we'll talk again soon. This is the Doctor Hockey Podcast signing off with your prescription for the NHL. Thanks for listening to Doctor Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com.
Jason. Yes. When you think of alligators, what do you think of? I think of been their descendants from dinosaurs, and I believe that they uh, are living in swamps, which are probably pretty dirty from what I can tell, because uh, I don't really want to go in a swamp myself. Do you ever think about the power of this creature? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the funny thing is, is that you have to wonder, you know, I'm sure alligators are getting, you know, injured, getting scrapes and cuts. And you have to wonder why they're sitting in that swampy, dirty water, why they're just not, you know, they're not like just all dying off from infection. Well, I've got news for you. We have a new sponsor. And this sponsor, you're not going to believe this, is from Louisiana. And they make very special Camone oil, C-A-I-M-O-N oil. It can be found at camone.com, C-A-I-M-O-N.com. And this is an oil, an essential oil, made from alligators. Interesting. It's very interesting. Now, I have to tell you the truth that I haven't tried this oil as of yet, but we're very excited about it because my dad, who is an essential oil nut, he like he orders stuff from the Amazon and he he has an essential oil. If you've got an ailment, he has an oil for you. Now, as a physician. You know, we we have to, you know, go down the allopathic uh, medical corridors to, to get to cures for diseases. But you realize sure. that one-third of all healthcare dollars in the world is are spent on non-allopathic treatments. And essential Absolutely. oils is one of them. So this is an essential oil made from alligators. So this is not snake oil. This is alligator oil. It's very different. Mm. Um, so alligator oil evidently is packed with omega fatty acids like omega three, six, and nine, which are anti-inflammatory and, uh, also has oleic acid, which is a key ingredient for cell regeneration. Sure. Now essential oils in my world. And I, and again, I want to get, get a hold of some of this and, and try it out. They, they are useful in terms of, uh, helping heal wounds in terms of providing good natural environments four wounds to heal. Um, I use essential oils. If I have like a, like a cyst or something like that, that's, you know, getting a little bit irritated. I'll, I'll put essential oils on that as well before I start going to like antibiotics and all this other stuff. So I think it'd be more fun personally for me to actually cause a wound to you. Well, that's a one way that we could test it. (laughs) Yeah. I may Um, give, give you an infection to make it even more of a trial. Thank you. Yeah. This is getting better by the minute. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that for you. Well, I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm there for you, man. So these these alligator oils and, and you know, they have been used by you know, probably people who live around a lot of alligators for things like acne, age spots, you know, wounds, burns, cuts, scars, nail fungus. I think that's something you can relate to. Jock itch, also another thing that might be useful for you. <laughs> I don't think that applies <laughs> to me, but okay. I, well, I think it does, actually. It just, By the way, alligator tail, delicious. I, it's not vegan, by the way, but uh, but really good. And uh, so they, I'm sure they're using the oil for all sorts of uh, reasons. So I, I have to tell you that I am intrigued by our new sponsor. It's Kamon Oil, and it can be found at kamon.com, C-A-I-M-O-N.com. And use the promo code D-R-H-O-C-K-E-Y. You will receive $5 off of your order. I know right now that there's a lot of people that don't use essential oils. And they're just like, I I don't know about this, whatever. But for those of you that do use essential oils, I think you got to get into the the alligator oil thing and try it out. I mean, I, I know that 
First of all, I know my dad listens to this podcast. He's probably already ordered by the time I finish this plug with with the Kmon oil because he will definitely be into this. And uh, also what's important to realize about it that I just found out is that there are no ethanolamines, no mineral oil, no nuts, no petrolatum, no propylene glycol, no silicones, and no wheat. So there's none of that garbage in this natural product. No, no, this is totally natural. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I... I like I said, when when people ask me what to do to heal wounds, I mean, maybe my recommendation is not going to be to put, you know, just vitamin E on it. I'll say, hey, you know, here's some alligator oil. Try this one out. You know, anything that's going to that's going to keep the wound in a good, moist environment like that is is very helpful. So I think uh, this is definitely something to be looked at very carefully and to try it out. And I guess you and I are going to have to do a little bit of experimentation. Yeah, but just for the record, I don't have jock itch or bad nails. Okay? Just... <laughs> that is such, that is so not true. You have very bad nails. I've seen them. No, they're not. They're not bad. But uh, we will uh, we will definitely be excited to try out some Kmon oil. And uh, yeah. we, we thank them for sponsoring the Dr. Hockey Podcast. And I understand that um, Lewis, who's the owner, is also a huge Blues fan. So we're rooting for the Blues. No, I think, I think the Blues deserve one, uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. Maybe they need a little bit of alligator oil up there. I, I, yeah, maybe help send the it, forecheck. Send it up there. <laughs> It'll help the forecheck. Uh, that's good. All right. Well, let's see how they do. And uh, again, we appreciate the uh, the sponsor. It's awesome. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 